Welcome to Break Away from the Rat Race, a podcast series to awaken your entrepreneurial spirit and help you achieve financial freedom. On our show, you'll learn about investments and how to create passive income. Let's get started with your host, Eric Martel. Well, thank you, Kyla. And uh, today I want to kind of recap a little bit about uh, our previous episode about changing, like breaking the mold or changing your mindset around um, basically being financially free. I also want to discuss kind of uh, how are other people's uh, becoming financially free and we're going to kind of look at uh, Forbes magazine around the number of billionaires that uh, uh, were created, how many there are in the world and uh, all of that. And then we're going to talk about why we are not on that same path or maybe some of you are, but uh, why are most people not on that same path. So let's, uh, let's recap. So we talked about employee, self-employed, and entrepreneur. And uh, I think when we look at it, we can say, a lot of people are going to say, well, I'm going to have my pension. Once I have my pension, I'm going to be financially free. And um, the way that I see it is that somebody that's financially free is not dependent really on, on the pension of a company. If a company goes bankrupt, if the stock market sometime a uh, company goes bankrupt and then they can't pay your, uh, your pension, it does happen. And um, so how are you gonna handle that situation? If you're financial free, financially free, um, then technically, well, you know, the economy could still go bad, but at least you're more in, in control of what is, uh, is happening as opposed to uh, if you're dependent on the pension from, from the government, from uh, your employer, if you have a good pension plan, <clears throat> then, you know, you have a good chance, but you're not in control of how they invest the money, how they are taking risk with that, uh, with that money. So, and the self-employed, so both of these, I mean, as soon as you stop working, then you are, you basically are losing your income. This is why it was important uh, when the point that I was making in the previous episode was you need to change your mindset. You need to change your mindset to be more an entrepreneur. And this is why in this broadcast, when we talk about break away from the rat race, we want to awaken your entrepreneurial spirit because this is kind of like the, where we need to be in order to be financial, financially free. You will not be able to be financially free uh, as an employee, even if you get your pension uh, or self-employed, even if you go and, and have a lot of uh, money saved up in the bank. And then we're gonna tell you a little bit, I'm gonna tell you a little bit about that uh, in a moment and why that plan may or may not work the way that you think. Also, I mean, for me, one of the goals that's important to me is to leave a legacy leave a company and uh, the same stream of incomes that I've built uh, to my children and uh, have them involved in the business and also for, um, you know, for their grandchildren so that I'm leaving a legacy, not just passing inheritance, passing money to my children, but really uh, passing a true legacy uh, to my children and uh, my grandchildren. So next is going to be around the industries that uh, where, where that produced most billionaires. So I looked at the Forbes magazine. So I think it's important to know, like if I'm going to be, uh, I want to be financially free, I want to understand kind of where, how, how did people get financially free? What did they do in order to be financially free? And of that list, I can tell you that none of them are full-time employees. 
Uh, and then how many billionaires are there in the world? So that's my next question. So uh, according to Forbes in 2018, there was 2,208 billionaires in the word world. Uh, to me, that's a staggering, staggeringly low figure considering how many people are on the planet. This is absolutely amazing. And uh, I'd, I have a couple of ideas why, and um, but you know this is kind of uh, you know we'll leave that a little bit later. We'll talk also about kind of where which industries these uh, these individual created are are uh, you know, created their their billion dollars. I know billion dollars is a little bit far away, and that's not my goal. And I'm, I'm not planning to be a billionaires. I just want to be financially free, leave a legacy, something that's achievable. If I end up being a billionaire, well, so be it. But uh, this is not this is not my my goal at the moment. Uh, so anyway, 2008, uh, according to billions of people that are on this earth, to me staggeringly low. And um, and so the other thing too that I wanted to say is that. 259 uh, were new in 2000. There were new billionaires in 2018. Um, and then the good news is that uh, I'm a little bit cynical. I always assume that a lot of these people are, uh, they basically inherited the money. But the good news is that the largest majority of these newcomers uh, did it, uh, were self-made. So they had a company that they they built uh, or co-founded, etc., and um, and then they achieve achieve that goal. So this is good news for for you and all of us that you know in order to achieve that goal, uh, you can do it. Like it, most of the people did it by 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 doing it themselves by basically being entrepreneurs and building a company that would bring them to that level of uh, of wealth now next thing is around the industries um, so basically in 2000 this one is uh, in 2016 so forbes did a survey of 1800 billionaires and uh, and then kind of asked them kind of uh, or reviewed kind of where they had made their uh, their wealth Worldwide, so this is worldwide, and then when we look at it, uh, so 200 and out of 1810, 1800 people, 267 billionaires um, did it in finance and investments, so that's 15% of the worldwide total. Uh, others did it in the fashion and the retail, so 221. So retail, I mean, you think about, uh, well, so for finance and investment, you think about all the brokerage uh, company, all the, the banking, all the uh, all these kinds of uh, um, companies. So this is kind of where, where they are. Uh, fashion and retail. So in retail, there's a lot of, uh, of them in there. Amazon would be definitely one of them. Uh, so it could be online retail as well as um, fashion, and I think one of the fashion was actually uh, Pronovius. I think was uh, was a company that makes uh, wedding dresses. So they produce one of the the largest companies of wedding wedding dresses in the world, and uh, you can make billions of dollars apparently doing uh, making wedding dresses. So which is uh, so which is kind of a reminder, you know, find your passion and then but work like an entrepreneur. Don't 
work in your work on the business don't work in your business don't be an employee of your own company uh, <clears throat> and the number three is real estate 163 closely after that is technology and then followed by manufacturing uh, so all these three are pretty pretty close uh, so real estate technology manufacturing about like nine percent of the worldwide total and then you have other ones that are diversified so they have a couple of you know different companies basically uh, that are doing that food and beverage eight percent 141 billionaires uh, in that uh, the in and out burger uh, people are are in there in the food and beverage healthcare um yeah so uh, and energy that i was very surprised that there was only 80 billionaires uh this is this is worldwide so i was thinking that a lot of these people uh, the billionaires would be like the saudi kings and all of that and that you know they just struck you know they just happened to be uh, in an area that they had oil and then they make a billion dollars um so um so energy um so that's what only four percent of the billionaires worldwide were in that range i was a little bit surprised by that and then media and entertainment so this is the uh like the oprah and uh you know movie magnets and stuff like that so not magnets but magnates all right so this is um, kind of where we are in, in this so this just to show you a couple of points here uh you can see that in all of these, when we look at finance and investments, so yes, you need a little bit more skills maybe to uh, to get into that uh, that spectrum of uh, of investments, fashion and retail. You know, uh, retail. You know, it depends. It depends what your skill sets are. Real estate is a is a favorite of mine, um, and there's some skills necessary in that. But there's uh, you know, and we'll see that it's pretty. Uh, I'm gonna spend a whole section. And a few uh, podcasts on the real estate side of it technology again some s technology and manufacturing uh, often there's a lot of engineering and a lot of um, of uh, you know special skills that are needed if you have these skills i mean this is great and then you can you can look at that and then we can uh, discuss that as well all right but the key here the other key is that the people that are in this list uh, they are not um, employees of the business they have figured out a way a passion of theirs and they have led a group of people and they have worked on the business building and structuring the business so that it generates profit and money and cash flow but they're not work they're not employees of the business so this is why this is why it's so important that we change our focus that we change our mindset to from an employee self-employed to a um, an entrepreneurship kind of uh, mentality so this is what we we have to do and i think so i mean looking at the numbers of people i mean there's so few you know 2200 individuals only achieve that uh, that level in the u.s we keep talking about the the, the top five percent of the population uh, these are wealthy people, but there uh, many of them are well below the uh, the one billion dollar threshold. Um, so anyway, so let's uh, let's uh, get to that. The other thing too is that uh, so why aren't we there? Why aren't we part uh, of that group of individual? 
and um, and I think it's because of you have to make a deliberate effort to learn something outside of the education system. So I think this is the first the first attempt. If you study in um, in in anything in engineering, if you studied in uh, like I studied in mathematics and actuarial science, I studied about about investment. I studied about you know stochastic models. I studied about all kinds of things that related to probability, statistics, financial models, all of that. But not once did it tell me uh, or explain kind of how, how to use that information in a, to make me uh, wealthy. The whole goal was really for me to prepare me to work full-time for an insurance company or to work full-time for a consulting company or another company uh, to, uh, to do that. So that was the sole purpose of the, of the education system. I had a great education system. I'm very happy that, uh, about it, but the education system has one purpose in my mind. It's, again, a little cynical view of mine, but it's about producing employees. It's, you, need to be, you need to be aware of this, and then you need to step out of that bounds. I mean, you can definitely, I'm not saying don't go to college or anything like that. This is important, but be aware that this is an employee machine, an employee producing machine. This is what they do. And then, um, then the next thing is that then you want to go outside the box and then really figure out how you're going to make a living, right? So even some of the entrepreneurial programs out there, I mean, in my opinion, I mean, they're missing some key skills about, uh, about being an entrepreneur. Uh, they would tell you, for example, the different ways, uh, all the different types of um, corporate organization, like an LLC, an S Corp, a C Corp, etc. But they will fail to tell you how do you structure your company, like, and give you real life examples of how you structure a company for this particular purpose: to minimize liability, to reduce taxes, etc. So. It's a little bit too theoretical, I guess, is my point, instead of uh, something a little bit more uh, practical and really observing kind of like how, how to do it, like learning the basics of, of it and then applying it to a specific situation. And really, this is where you really understand what that knowledge is all about. So that's my that's one aspect of it. So that's the education. Uh, the other thing too that's happening is a lot of um, there's a lot of attention right now, a lot of publicity. It's not really right now; it's really since I, we were I was born. Uh, where from an early age uh, that my parents were the same, and you remember if you look at the first um, first podcast, I mean it was about saving money. Saving money was key, and all of that. And you look at. Uh, advertising and commercials on TV right now, it's all about saving money, right? They want you to save money, save money for retirement. And what is that number? What, how much do I need to save? And then there's, uh, you know, there's a couple of them, them on TV that uh, have like that ribbon cutting and stuff like that. And uh, so we're, and we're told all kinds of different things, but the main message is you need to save your money, right? So, 
How much we're told? We're told 12 times your final income, right? Sometimes we're told one to two million people. Uh, I met somebody else who was a financial planner, not a fiduciary, but a certified financial planner that works for a company, basically a sales person. And I was told I would need at least six million dollars. Of course, I'm not looking to do that, but I was interested to know what he would tell me. Um, So he would tell me that I needed six million dollars in the bank uh, today in order to do that. And as you go through this podcast, if you're reaching or uh, uh, getting close to retirement, um, you know, I have some very good news for you and you don't need you know, multi-million dollars in or of investment or cash in order to, um, you know, to achieve a good retirement and and give a legacy to uh, to your children and your grandchildren. So that's kind of what they're telling you. They're telling us like twelve times your final income. So if you're uh, making, um, you know. I don't know, $100,000, always a good uh, good number. $100,000 times 12, so they're saying, well, you need $1.2 million. This is how much you need at retirement for that. Uh, and then, but the whole thing, the whole thing about all being told um, about saving is that, and they're reinforcing that with the power of compound interest and to save as early as possible and all of that. But really, when we look at when we look at it, I mean, if you put money at the bank, if you've put money in the bank like uh, ten years ago, or even in your four hundred one k, look at the um, look at how much returns you've done in your four hundred one k, in your IRAs and stuff like that, and look at that return honestly, right? I mean, you have to look at all these numbers in a, in an honest fashion. You don't have to tell anybody. You don't have to report your numbers. But what you have to do is look at these numbers and say, well, how much, what was the return on my money uh, last year and the year before that? And on average, since, um, since I started in saving money, um, you know, for, for retirement or for a rainy day or whatever. So, and most of the people, I mean, they're significantly uh, below the inflation rate. So that means that every year that they save money, they basically are losing on their uh, purchasing power over time. So which is, you know, very, very critical. I mean, that's what you want to maintain. You want to make sure that you maintain your purchasing power. That means having a return that is above the uh, the inflation rate. Right. So. So that's so that's what we're what we're doing. So that we're told to save that money, but we're not told kind of at retirement. So now I've saved my money. I'm 20 years old. I saved my money all all this time, and now I have you know 1.2 million dollars, just like they said, or I have a million dollars. My example here is about a million dollars to make a round number again. So. I save a million dollars, let's say, for that time. And then uh, now I say, okay, well, you know, talk to my financial institution. And I said, okay, what's, uh, what's the plan? You asked me all these years to save money for myself uh, for retirement. So what's the, what's the plan here? What am I supposed to do? Well, you know, the first thing they're going to ask you to do is to convert that into an annuity, a life annuity. And uh, I'm going to give you some numbers uh, and then, uh, and I know that's a lot of numbers. I will 
try to put it in a um, in a slide or something like that um, and on the uh, on YouTube as well but so okay so how much would I guess I put a million dollars and how much would I get for that money I would get five thousand three hundred and eighty dollars a month right so so that means this is the same as if I had invested that money a million dollars at six percent interest and just getting getting the money out spreading it out this is ridiculous and the thing that they're not telling you is that when you're gonna get that annuity the annuity for the, the certified financial planner uh, is the most profitable uh, they get the biggest commission on these annuity out, out of any other financial pro product I think but it's a very significant uh, so some of them could be as high as five and ten percent of the amount to sell sell the annuity well you know why that's because they're only giving you six percent interest on that money which is extremely low um, we have a lot of investors that invest with us they, they're lending us money and we're lending 10% uh, interest per year we're giving them the money and then you know so so if, you know this is uh, this is ridiculous I mean we're paying more than that with our the investors that we are we're doing business with uh, for some of our uh, real estate projects so to me you know this is this is unbelievable. But before that one million, they were probably gonna take 5% of that. Well, 5% of that is $50,000 that's gonna go on commission to the person that does the uh, that sold you the annuity. So that $50,000 is gone and it's not part of generating that income. So I'm assuming really that I've given them over $1 million and then that commission is away and I'm a net. I have $1 million that's invested in the annuity. And, but I've given them $50,000 already. All right. There's a lot of things I can do with $50,000. So that's 6%. But that is for a single male, right? So, but I'm not a single male. So if I have, uh, if, I, if, you're, if you're married, then you have to look at survival uh, survivorship right so this means that because right now as a single male so as soon as I die then that annuity ends so that's five thousand three hundred and eighty two dollars that uh, that I receive stops right away as soon as I pass away nothing goes to my wife if I wanted to go to my wife then I want to I want to get this what's called a survivorship so there's a hundred survivorship hundred percent survivorship which means that my wife will receive uh, the same amount the five thousand three hundred eighty two dollars will continue to receive that amount after I pass away which is great so lifetime income only right and then so that's no inflation protection that would be now that the number would go from five thousand three hundred to $4,500, right? So I'm paying an extra $700 on that. Now, the other problem that I have with this, uh, with this annuity is that it doesn't leave anything behind. There's no, um, there's no legacy. That million dollar, if, uh, if, I have a, if I'm a single male, right? I don't have survivorship and I die a month after I sign my annuity, 
well, that's it. That the million dollar is gone, and all I got for it was five thousand three hundred, and actually five thousand three hundred minus the fifty thousand dollars in commission. So I really gave all my money away, and I paid a forty. $45,000 commission for the privilege of giving them my money if I die within the first month of, of the annuity. To me, that's absolutely, uh, it's, it's a scandal almost that they, they're allowed to do this. But this is how they do it. So no legacy associated with that. So you could, you, you could do something. You could say, okay, well, there's something that's called plus return of premium. So they're going to guarantee you then that they will return your premium. So now I'm going to be now survivorship, 100% survivorship, right? So my wife, after I pass away, 100% of the, the, uh, the amount, the 5,300, well, the $4,500 will continue to go to my wife. When she passes away, the payment stops. But there's something else which is called the return of premium. So it will guarantee that the beneficiaries will receive at least, at a minimum, the 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 initial uh, premium that um, that was paid. So that at least that million dollars. So they will continue to receive that uh, monthly payment. Now to do this, to do the lifetime income. Uh, 100% survivorship and the return of premium. Remember at the beginning, a sole survivor of 5,300, 100% survivorship to the wife is $4,500. Now, if I want to make sure that they return the, all the premiums, then that uh, monthly income drops to $3,700, right? That doesn't give you any inflation protection. So that's $37. If you survive, 20 years, that is $3,700 for 20 years. Now, if you want to have, you know, the inflation, you want to preserve your, um, your purchasing power while you're retired, then you need to have some kind of uh, income that increases over time. So, so then let's take an inflation protection of 3%, right? So that means that um, my premium then at the beginning, the first uh, first year, would be twenty five hundred dollars. So now I'm survive one hundred percent survivorship. So my wife and I will receive twenty four hundred dollars per uh, per month, right? Twenty five hundred dollars per month up until at least both of us die or in the return of the premium is completed and the that $2,500 will increase 3% uh, per year to get some uh, inflation protection. That's $2,500 in the first year and you've given them a million dollars for that. Uh, well, the million and 50. So, so is that what you want? And is there a better way? Because that's, this is what they have in mind when they're asking you to save money and to save money for retirement and stuff like that. And um, so this is the plan. They want to get you into the annuity and they want to get that money. So we at the $2,400, then we're at 3% return on that $1 million investment. And again, 
the other investors that invest with us they're lending us money they basically become our bank we call them private money lenders um, and they invest in real estate project we give them you know some uh, 10 percent some of them we give them 10 percent on some of the very uh, good uh, projects that we have for for this for uh, as a return on their investment for us it's a guaranteed buy real buy uh, real estate and then the uh, well guaranteed it's uh, secured by real estate and then um, you know so they they would make more than that so if you're planning to give your money and I, we don't I don't charge fifty thousand uh, dollars in commission for that I could if it makes you if it uh, makes you feel more comfortable I could charge fifty thousand dollars in commission and have a certified financial planner uh, salesperson um, to sell me this um, this thing so no wonder no wonder they want you to save they're spending millions of dollars to tell you to save so that you can get into an annuity no wonder they want you to do this because this is absolutely uh, this is a joke and then um, so the idea here and uh, so we talked about the different uh, different industry that where the billionaires are coming from so that's why in order to do this you have to, um, to to find an alternative to this you need to generate the passive income so that twenty five hundred dollars uh, that would be generated by the the life annuity with survivorship is uh, you know would be is a passive income really that you have except you had to you paid a, a million and fifty thousand dollars for it you need to figure out a different way of investing that money right so something as simple as real estate and having tenants so everybody understands that right everybody doesn't take it's not a rocket science you don't need to know to be an engineer you don't need to know how to uh, do any uh, finance high finance stuff everything is easy to understand it's just a question of you know you're buying a property you're renting it and then you're making some making some money some net cash flow the advantage of that <clears throat> of that proposal is or that investment is that you're going to generate passive income your passive income is also going to increase uh, over time so because the rent will also you would adjust the rent with inflation so automatically your net cash flow would increase with inflation um, so you don't have to worry about that the other advantage of that is that if i die well, the house is still there or the the multifamily uh, property is still there is still generating income it doesn't have anything to do with me dying or my wife dying or yeah, anybody so automatically i didn't have to pay anything extra for that and automatically i get a hundred percent survivorship i also get more than my what i paid for initially because that multifamily that apartment building basically gets passed on to my children right my children are in the business they understand the business and they're driving the business and um, so you know that we're partners in this business and then when I pass away or when I want to move away or when I go on vacation you know my my children are 
are taking over and eventually they will take over the this business because they know exactly how it runs and then hopefully they're going to pass it on to um, grandchildren some of them that are interested in that but everybody would be you know uh, be able to leverage what we're building today in the future so this is great something that you're not achieving by buying an annuity um, so um, this is kind of my my spiel on that on that annuity and where, where this is going and um, the key again passive income and then in order to do this is yeah so that's fine to have some savings but these savings leaving them in the bank or leaving them in your 401k is not is not the best way to do that your returns need to be maximized again uh, i'm not selling you any of my uh what we're doing here but even though i did but uh basically you know you need to find a vehicle an investment vehicle that you understand and then a business that you understand that will be self-managed and then that will generate more uh, than you know the two or three percent or one percent that you're getting from the bank or from your 401k and um you know or an apartment spending some money on the uh, on an apartment building or a single family home that would generate passive income for you so um and so that's that's basically what i had today um and then we'll dive into a little bit more in terms of the uh, the real estate at the next episode. We'll talk about uh, some aspect of it. There's also, I want to interview another uh, person and another investor. Who, uh, and she has a very uh, interesting way of, uh, of investing in real estate and generating passive income. Uh, it's, uh, it's a little bit more complex than what we're doing. So that's gonna, probably going to be in a few um few episodes from now but right now i just want to add for the next couple of episodes it's going to be kind of like the basics of um, kind of financial intelligence i would say and uh, also uh, getting into the real estate i think that's the out of all the industries that we've reviewed uh, where the billionaires or the wealth was being created um, so we talked about finance and and we will talk about finance and investments as a vehicle as a, as a stream of income. If you have retail uh, experience, we can talk about that. So we have some ideas around that. Real estate is uh, obviously very key uh, for us because it doesn't require, uh, you can, it's easy to enter, you have good leverage, and then you, um, you know, it doesn't require like any kind of special skills. You know, I know some people would find be offended by that, but uh, it, it doesn't. It's not like a, you need to be an engineer. You need to be a lawyer. You need to be uh, uh, a financial person or a math person in order to get into the field. The math is very simple and all that. The technology, again, you know, you don't need so you don't need to be an you need to be an engineer for that, or you need to understand a little bit more. Be a little bit more technical about that but we'll talk about all these different uh, industries maybe not all of them but and then uh, discuss uh, a little bit more but the next few episodes going to be around real estate because it's probably to me that's a good basis everybody understands that and then we can kind of leverage that uh, and talk about financial intelligence and then move into other fields where the wealth has been created. So I hope this was uh, helpful. Uh, send me your comments, uh, send me your messages, uh, and then um, 
you know, if you have any questions, feel free to contact me. Uh, so it was a pleasure and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to Break Away from the Rat Race with your host, Eric Martel. If you want to share your story and experience with our listeners, please message us on Facebook at Break Away from the Rat Race. Also, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast on iTunes. Thank you.